Good morning. Welcome to Christ Community Church online version. I'm Chris. I'm the worship leader with Christ Community Church. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we'd love for you guys to sing along. Uh, grab the kiddos and the family. Gather around your devices and your TV. Zachary, are you ready? crucified my Lord were you there when they crucified my Lord well sometimes it causes me to tremble 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 were you there when they crucified my Lord were you there when they nailed him to the tree were you there when they nailed it to the tree well sometimes it causes me to tremble 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 were you there when they nailed it to the tree When they laid him in the tomb Were you there When they laid him in the tomb Well sometimes It causes me to tremble Tremble, tremble Were you there When they laid him in the tomb Were you there When they rose him from the dead were you there when they raised him from the dead? Oh, sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble, tremble. Were you there when he rose up from the dead? Were you there when he rose up from the dead? Good morning and welcome to Christ Community Church. It's Palm Sunday. The beginning of the most amazing, miraculous, terrible, and wonder-filled week in the whole of history. No other week, no other days in all of history compare in any way to what happened this week. Starting today, and ending with the resurrection of Christ. I'm going to read to you this morning a psalm about blessing. It's Psalm 67. The psalmist says, May God be merciful and bless us. May his, ways, may his face smile with favor on us. May your ways be known throughout the earth, your saving power among people everywhere. 
May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Let the whole world sing for joy because you govern the nations with justice and guide the people of the whole world. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Then the earth will yield its harvest and God, our God, will richly bless us. Yes, God will bless us and people all over the world will fear him. So on this day, as we sit together before the throne of the risen Christ, I want to remind us that God's strength and his blessing, they are perfect for us, even today in our time of need. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength but sometimes I wonder what he can do through me no great success to show no glory on my own yet in my weakness he is there to let me know his strength is perfect when our strength is gone. He'll carry us when we can't carry on. Raising His power, though we become strong. His strength is perfect. His strength is perfect. And I can do all things. Christ who gives me strength. But sometimes I wonder what He can do through me. No great success to show. No glory on my own. Yet in my weakness, He is there to let me know. His strength is perfect when our strength is gone. He'll carry us when we can carry on. Raised in His power, though we become strong. His strength is perfect, His strength is perfect. Good morning, my name is Larry Ray and I'm the pastor of Christ Community Church. I'm sitting here with my bride, Sherry, and I want to welcome you to our service. I want to thank Justin and Chris and Zach for their Willingness to help put this all together. And we are very glad to be spending a few minutes with you this Sunday morning, Palm Sunday. Uh, pray with me, please. Lord Jesus, we are gathered together today through various means, but we're gathered together with a common need and a common desire. 
and that is to be with you and receive grace from you. We pray that you would bless this time and this study and that you would speak life and faith and hope and strength into our lives today. And Lord, if you would do that, we would be very grateful. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen. I, uh, for about, I don't know, three or four years, uh, I worked for an organization and we took teams of people from churches all over the United States on mission trips uh, all over the world. And I took hundreds of people each year on these uh, mission trips and these people came from every kind of background you could imagine, different ages, incomes, educational levels, uh, spiritual traditions, and spiritual levels. Um, I, I, I met so many interesting people from such a, a, a great diversity of backgrounds and perspectives, and it, it was really a blessing to me. And we went on trips uh, and did projects literally on every continent or almost. I've never been to Australia. But uh, we, we went and did projects all over Asia, uh, South America, Africa, Europe. And uh, we dug wells. We built schools and churches and hospitals. We did uh, ministries to women, to children, uh, to communities. We did medical projects, you name it, we were involved. We built playgrounds uh, for children, uh, and we did this all over the world. And it was, it was wonderful. And one of the things as I think back on that uh, time in my life was the reactions of the people that were involved in these projects. Some people reacted with great um, uncomfortableness about being in such a a different environment, or being away from their families. Some people were afraid. Some people were very curious. Some people were filled with amazement um, and thanksgiving for the blessings that they had been given in their own personal lives and families. Some people uh, reacted with great brokenness and humility. And then some people were uh, incredibly passionate. These, these trips that they went on with me ignited uh, some real passion in their lives uh, to, to serve God in, in greater ways. There's always somebody, sometimes several people on, almost every trip that I ever took people on, uh, there were always a, one or two people that reacted with great anger uh, and frustration. And uh, that normally was because their expectations for the trip were very different than the trip that I had planned and the way that I actually led the trip and accomplished the trip. They had these ideas about what the trip should look like and how it ought to go and what the purpose was. And my plans and ways for the trip were different. And that led them to be um, frustrated, to say the least, if not angry. They would get upset about the, the, the travel arrangements that we had made or 
the bathroom accommodations, or the food, the temperature, the bugs, uh, the smells, uh, the schedule of how each day went. And I, re I reflect on, on that and it leads me just to think about how important it is as Christians that periodically we be reminded of God's purposes and plans and ways. Um, what is he doing? What's he up to? How, how does God actually relate to us and lead us? Um, what does it mean to travel with God? Uh, it's important that I understand what his ways, what his plans are as I travel with God so that I won't become confused or frustrated or angry when God's plans and ways are different than my expectations. And my wife, uh, Shirley, read a passage out of Psalm 67 that David wrote. And I don't know if you were listening carefully, but in that psalm, and he did it again in Psalm 72, in both of those psalms, the king says, God, would you please bless me? And would you please bless my people? And would you please bless our nation? But in both of those Psalms, it takes an unusual turn because he, the, the king in both passages doesn't stop there. He doesn't just say, God, would you bless me, the king, my family, and my people and nation? In both of those Psalms, God says, I want you to bless us so that we can be a blessing to others. Listen, let me read this, uh, a couple of other passages that, that uh, communicate the same message. One's very famous, it's from Genesis chapter 12. It says, the Lord said to Abraham, leave your home and your relatives and your father's family. I want you to go to a land that I will show you and I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you, and I will make you famous. Then it takes a turn, and God says, And you will be a blessing to others. I will bless people who bless you, and I'll curse people who treat you with contempt. And all of the families upon the earth will be blessed through you. Did you hear that, that shift from God saying, Abraham? My plan, my purpose, my ways are committed to blessing you and your descendants. And that's what it says. But in the middle, there's a shift, just like in Psalm 67, just like in Psalm 72. And in both of these passages, as long and then also in Genesis 12, God moves from his passion and focus to blessing these people to making them a blessing to others. Let me read another passage in Genesis 50. Again, this is a very famous passage where Joseph is speaking to his brothers, but he's actually speaking God's purposes and plans. He, Joseph replied to his brothers, don't be afraid. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He did all of this. What is all of this? All of the things that happened in Joseph's life. Every event that happened in Joseph's life. All of this, God, he did all of this 
so that I could save many people's lives. Do you hear that shift? God has blessed me through this whole journey. But he's blessed me and taken care of me and protected me and turned bad things into good things, things that were meant for his harm into things that ultimately were meant for his blessing and success. But all of that occurred so that he could be used by God to save many lives. Now let me share one more passage with you out of Deuteronomy chapter 4. It says, and Moses is speaking here. He's speaking the words of God to the people of God. And he says, Israel, listen carefully to these laws and decrees that I'm teaching you today. If you obey them, you will experience life and enjoy the land the Lord God is giving to you. Yay! If you, I'm giving you these laws, these rules, these ways of living. And if you'll follow them, you're going to enjoy this land. And, and your experience of them will be a, an experience of great abundance and blessing. But then there's a shift. He says, I'm giving you these laws just as the Lord my God has given them to me so that you'll obey them in the land that you're about to enter. And as you obey them, you will display wisdom and intelligence before all the surrounding nations. And when these nations hear of these decrees and laws, they'll declare to one another how wise and prudent a people you are. For what great nation has a God as near to them as the Lord our God is near to us? Whenever we call on him, and what nation has decrees and laws as righteous and fair as these laws that I'm giving to you today? Again, do you hear that shift from God's desire to give his people blessings, but to what end? So that they in turn can be a source of blessing to the nations. God reveals his, his purpose, his plans, his ways to you and I through the lives of, of, of the individuals throughout the Bible. I picked four people. I picked Abraham in Genesis 12. I picked Joseph in Genesis 50. Hmm. I picked Moses in Deuteronomy 4. And I picked David in Psalm 67. Those are four major players. They might be the four most major players in the entire Old Testament. And in each of their declarations to God's people, they say that God's plans and ways include his desire to make his children a source of blessings to others. And I would challenge you, those of you that Study the Bible regularly. Study the Old Testament regularly. Study the lives of Abraham, Joseph, Moses, and David. And consider that every experience in Abraham, Joseph, Moses, and David's life, the good and the bad, the fun and the hard, the, abundant and the, the, the abundance and the loss, the success and the failure, every experience in their lives were used by God to reveal his desire to make his favored ones a source of blessing to others. In times of uncertainty, unrest, difficulty, like we're going through right now, it's easy for us to get into a place where we doubt and question God's sovereignty, God's power, God's love, God's wisdom, God's care in our lives. 
And it's during times like this that it's really important to me, and I believe that it's important to God, for us to be reminded of what God's plans are for our lives. And one of those major plans is for God to do within our lives and our families things that will make us a source of blessing to others. Let me read to you a couple of verses that validate this. Isaiah 58 says, The Lord will guide you and continually give you water when you are dry. And He'll restore your strength. Why? To what end? So that you will be a well-watered garden like an ever-flowing stream. He won't give you a garden. He won't give you a stream. He'll make you a garden. He'll make you a stream. He'll make you a place where others can come and gather nourishment. A place where others can come and quench their thirst. A passage that everyone knows, Psalm chapter 1. People who delight in God's law and meditate on it regularly will be like trees planted along the river that regularly bear fruit and never wither and are always prospering. Trees don't need fruit. Trees don't need shade. Trees don't need lumber. Those things God creates in trees for the benefit of others. Do you see that shift? We say, oh, I need to read the Bible because Psalms 1 says that if I do that, I'll become wise. And that's true. But to what end? So that you and I can be a blessing to others. Jesus says in John 7, all who are thirsty may come to me. All who believe in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. His heart being the person that comes and drinks the person that comes to quench his thirst in the living water of God, the living water of Christ, will become a person through which rivers of living water flow out of them. Why? To quench the thirst of others. No matter how crazy life becomes, no matter how uncertain our world may be, God has not changed his plans he has not changed his ways. Uh, sometimes my wife will hear me say, and this is one of them, I, I believe, that this for the Ray family, this is wartime conditions. This is not a drill. This is not a drill. This is serious business, and we need to take it seriously and pay attention. And that's true. And I think this is a time uh, for us to, to hear those words. It's just, this is not a drill. These are wartime conditions. As it was for all those guys that you mentioned. Yes, they, thank you. Well, thank they just, in their moment, they felt exactly like that. This is, this is the moment. This is my moment where I have to trust. This is my, yes. my battle. Yes, yes. But you know, God doesn't have wartime conditions. God's not jumped up off his throne to try to make things better because they've gotten out of control. We might feel like they're out of control. We might feel very uncomfortable and uncertain, but God's not uncomfortable. God's not uncertain. He's not like the wizard in the Wizard of Oz who's behind the curtain grabbing those knobs and levers trying to make things work the way they're supposed to 
for his uh, audience of four hmm. or five if you count the little dog. Um, God is in control. And when I grasp God's plans, when I grasp that what God's doing in my life, and I would suggest that what He's doing in your life, when I understand that He is actively involved in blessing us, He delights in blessing us. He delights in pouring out His abundance upon us in many, many ways. But to what end? To what end does He want to do this? It's not just for your benefit or mine. It's so that we can become a blessing to others. And I would suggest to the nations, to those that aren't a part of me and mine, not those that live under my roof, not just those that are invited to my family reunion or my family vacations, but to infinitely larger groups of people, people that I might not even know and I definitely don't care about. God wants me to be a blessing to those people, and that's why he's pouring out his blessings upon me and you. And when I get that, when I understand that, it'll have an impact upon my life, a significant impact. Let me give you a couple of suggestions real quick as we end. When I get the idea, the principle, that God is actively at work in my life, making me a blessing to others, it'll affect my perspective and my view of God himself. God won't be so confusing, so inconsistent, so capricious, so arbitrary, so random. And I'll see that what God's doing is he's, he's actively and consistently doing the same work in my life when times are good and when times are difficult. When I have great abundance and when I have great need when I'm in the hospital, and when I'm taking a walk around the block enjoying the sunny morning. God is, what's God doing through all of those? What's God doing when my marriage is great and when my marriage is struggling? When my kids are great and when I, my kids are struggling? What's God doing? He's doing many things. But one of the things that he's doing is he is creating within me an opportunity to become a blessing to others. And he never changes that. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And that's what he's doing every day of my life, making me a source of blessing to others. It'll also affect my view of God, of not only of God, but of the Bible. The Bible no longer is just a manual that I read to help me enjoy life more. And it becomes the story of God pouring out his blessings upon his chosen ones to the end that they become a source of blessings to the world. It'll affect my life as well. My stuff, my success, and my satisfaction are no longer the main goal. I've been invited to participate with God in His plans and His ways. I'm no longer just a user and a consumer. I'm no longer just focused on my happiness, my comfort, and my plans. I'm now participating with God in what He's doing. And my life becomes a source of impact, change, and transformation for good in the lives of others and the world itself. In Luke 22, Jesus prays, Father, if you're willing, please take this suffering away from me. But I want your will 
more than mine. Do you hear what Jesus, Jesus understood this. Of course he did. This is a reflection of his life. He's the perfect illustration of what I'm saying. Jesus was the beneficiary of God's most abundant blessings before he came to this earth and while he lived on this earth. But Jesus understood that in the midst of him enjoying the blessings of his Father, those blessings were ultimately tools that God had given him so that he could be the ultimate blessing to this world. Jesus said in Matthew, he understood this, and so he says in Matthew 10 to his disciples, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure the lepers, cast out demons, for freely you have received, so now freely you must give. Understanding that God wants us to be a blessing to others, to the world. It'll impact also my peace and my security when trials and pain and loss come. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. But I ought not be fearful or surprised. Nothing has changed. Nothing's different from God's vantage point. All is still well. God is still traveling in the same direction, passionate about the same goal, and he's still inviting me to join him in this journey. He wants to bless me so that I can be a blessing to others. It'll impact my fortitude and my endurance. I believe one of the things that God wants to do in our lives right now is to transform us from being so fragile, so petty, such a baby. He wants me to learn to rest my confidence in his love, his wisdom, his sovereignty, and his strength, and to embrace his calling upon my life to become a source of blessing to others. God's favorites had lives throughout the Bible that included serving, sacrifice, and suffering as much as their, his blessings and his favor, his abundance, and his joy. God has called us with the same calling that he gave his son, and that's to be broken bread and poured out wine. Bobby Flay wouldn't invite you to his house and throw a handful of wheat stalks out on the table and a big blob of a big bunch of grapes out on the plate. That's not what he would do. Because you can't enjoy wheat stalks and a big bunch of grapes. To make something bread and to make something wine, to make those things enjoyable, they've got to be crushed. And at times, God's plan for us to make us a blessing to others, to make us a blessing to the nation, demand that we be crushed. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 16, to be my disciple, you must give up your ways and take up your cross and follow me. Christ gave his life as a ransom for the world. He gave his body as a ransom for the world. You and I now are his body. And God's calling upon us is for us to willingly and joyfully give our bodies. We're now his body and we are to give our part of his body as a ransom for the world as well. That's why Jesus says in John 12, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, 
it produces a great harvest. Do I understand my role in what God's doing? Do you understand your role in what God's doing? Do we recognize that God is actively involved in making us a blessing? He's pouring out His blessings upon us in infinite ways every day, regardless of who you are, where you are, what's going on in your life, and the same is true for me. But God is giving us these blessings, not just for our enjoyment. It's not just so that we can hunker down and and hold on until this, this difficult season for humanity passes by. He wants us to find ways to be used of Him to be a blessing to other people. Jesus prays for us. Why? One reason is so that I will in turn pray for others. Jesus forgives me. Why? So that I will then show forgiveness to others. Jesus gives me encouragement and provision and protection. Why? One reason is so that I will give encouragement and provision and protection to others. He gives me peace and courage and kindness every day. Why? One reason is so that I will give peace and encouragement and courage and kindness to others as well. Luke chapter 12 says, Little flock, don't be afraid, for it pleases your Father to give you the kingdom. Yay! Jesus has promised me that God's going to give me his kingdom. Yay! He's going to be my shepherd and my father. Yay! But to what end? The next verses say, So sell your possessions and give to the needy, and this will store up treasure for you in heaven. I just want us to think as we enter into this most sacred and holy of weeks leading up to next weekend, Good Friday and Easter on Sunday. And I want us just to ponder, what is God doing in our lives right now? If He is in control, if He is at work, if He loves us, if He is committed to us, what is He doing? And I would just challenge us to to consider, He is blessing us in ways we can see and in ways we can't, in ways that we are acknowledging and in ways we're not. He is actively blessing us, but he wants us to use those blessings in ways that will be a source of blessings to others. So this week, can we not find some people, not just under our roof, but outside our little circle? Obviously, we have to find creative ways But we can find ways to use the blessings of God to be a source of blessings to others. And I believe if we do that, that will be a great blessing to God himself. I want us to take the Lord's Supper now before we leave you. If you have bread and wine at home, then I want you to take that. And I'm going to serve it to my bride and she's going to serve it to me. So Shirley, this bread represents the body of Christ. And I want you to take it and eat it. This wine, actually apple juice, uh, I want you to take that and drink it. It represents the blood of Jesus. He gave his body and he poured out his blood so that you and I could be adopted into God's family. Thank you. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven, the blood of Christ, the cup of salvation. Pray with me, please. 
Father God, we are so happy just to be in your presence this morning. I know you're always with us, but you tell us that when we are gathered together in your name, that you're with us in a special way. And we are here today in your name for your sake. And I'm glad that you are here with us in a special way. Father, I ask you to make us mindful that we are the beneficiaries. Just like Abraham, just like Joseph, just like Moses, just like David, we are the beneficiaries of the blessings of God. May we be thankful. But Lord, let it not stop there. Let us now, even this week, find ways to be a source of blessing to others, to others that do not know right now. Maybe they're doubting. Maybe they're afraid. Maybe they're alone. Uh, maybe they're in need. And you want to bless them. And you've given us the task and the privilege of being uh, your hands, your feet, your voice, your abundance into the lives of these precious people that you love. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your willingness to take the blessings of your Father, the abundance of your Father, and use those things to bless us so abundantly. We're very grateful for that. And we bless you now in Christ's name. Amen. And the blessing that we have as we go today comes from a song that we sing at my school uh, based on the Hebrew word for, for blessing, lechilach. I'm going to read one stanza of that for you. Lechilach, to a land that I will show you. Lechlaha, to a place you do not know. Blessing, lechilach, on your journey I will bless you. And we sing it three times. You shall be a blessing, you shall be a blessing, and you shall be a blessing. Lech Amen. Amen.